Picklegate. Picklegate. Welcome to the Beer and a Movie Podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am Joe Hilliard. I'm joined as usual by Dave Gurney and Carlos Cooper. And you brought one of those beers that's on the lists from time to time is the best this, the best that. We're going to talk about Movies, but let's get to the beer. Okay. Um, we got some high octane movie this time. And we got some hot, high octane beer <laughs> to match it. Now, I brought this beer because it is just as, or maybe close to just as over the top as the film that we are going to be discussing today and it are we is... are we doing over the top this time <laughs> i mean <laughs> over the top I, yes the when film. i turn my hat around um, i'm like a machine so this is by um the independent beer judas uh dogfish head or i don't know if you really but they got bought out by somebody and it was a whole thing. i'll drink it until um, it starts to not taste good dogfish head 120 minute imperial ipa what you have here is the holy grail for hop heads. This beer is continually hopped for over a 120-minute boil and then dry hopped for over a month. Enjoy now or age for a decade or so. Full disclosure, I have not been aging this for a decade, but for precisely one year. Mm-hmm. Um, this was bottled in April of 2018. It is now August of 2019, right? 2019. Um, so, oh, fuck. David warned yeah, me about see, it. See, I told you. Here, let me do it. It it really you got to dig in see that this is uh it's time for a new bottle opener okay 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 here we go I know what I'm getting you for works for me works for me after a minor setback we are going to pour this monstrosity of a beer it on the dogfish head there's no ABV on the bottle on the dogfish head website it says it comes in anywhere between fifteen to twenty percent ABV yeah and dogfish is so, known for that they have a few that they have a special bottle cap for it's the high ABV beers this is the one when you go to the bar sometimes they'll like limit you to one or two and they're always small pours because yeah. drinking one of these is the equivalent of drinking the same it's like four or five six up to six depending on the ABV five yeah um, say Michelob Ultras. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're dealing in the regular craft realm mm-hmm. of five percent, I mean, mm-hmm. you're drinking four beers at once, and they're expensive. They are expensive. Yeah, a four pack of this is what thirty bucks. They only sell it by the bottle, from what I can tell, and it's ten dollars a bottle. I've yeah, never mo- seen it most, in a four pack. Most shops do it as a single bottle per, but I, yeah, I mean, so I this mean, tiny glass is three dollars and thirty three cents worth of beer, give or take. Thank you, Carlos. Uh, all right, Carlos, thank you, and it's. Uh, and what movie are we talking about? Well, Carlos, you should lead us into it because you were super excited about it. Welcome to Beer and a Movie Presents. Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> the Fast and Furious spinoff movie. This is uh, the eighth or ninth installment of the franchise. I, I think ninth. And I think I said I think this ninth, in yeah. a previous ninth. episode. My fiance and I were at the movies a couple of times and saw the trailer for this. And she leans over and whispers, I'd go see that with yeah. you. Fast cars and... 
Hot, questionably guys. Hot, questionably. Hot, questionably. Who are you? Who's questionably. questioning? Idris Elba. You think Idris that Elba is The Rock is hot. Okay. In Jason's two, 2016 most sexiest man alive, Dwayne Johnson. Oh. Current reigning. If people sex, said it. Current reigning sexiest man alive, Idris Elba. Uh-huh. And Jason Statham, he's British. You know, he's he was bald. an underwear model. He, and, yeah, and, you know, I'm. I'm just I'm not a good judge of, yeah. of hot guys. It's the only slight point that I was making. We can move on quickly. No, they're very attractive men. And, Fine, Carlos. They're all uh, hot. They're and, all super hot. And, and then, the lovely Vanessa Kirby. Yes, Vanessa Kirby. Very pretty. Very, very pretty. Alamo. Uh, I saw this at Alamo. And I badass. I saw this at Alamo. Very badass. And 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 I know Carlos. I expect to know that you're a Fast and Furious fan. Have you seen most of the franchise? Uh yeah, I've okay. seen most of them. David, I've seen a few. I, right. I would, seen not more. not the majority at this point. How helpful was the pre-show at Alamo where they kind of give it all to you in five minutes? Um, the, who the is Hobbs? Who is Shaw? I, I found it helpful. I, I, I loved it. I, I liked. I appreciate it. I, I always I always like those catch me up things because right. I've definitely seen. I saw. Um, what was that? was it? The Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. That was yeah. number eight. Was that was that the the last most recent one? I think, I think um, Fate was F eight. Maybe. <laughs> Never mind. I would yeah. hope so. Um, the, but I cannot. You know, and and I think both of them appear in that. So I mean, I had some experience yeah. with these characters, but it was helpful to see. Oh, here's where they appear because. In actuality, these aren't even primary no. characters. Vin Diesel's before not in this, this movie. Before this, and yes, right. Vin right. Diesel definitely one of them. The other, Paul Walker, no rest longer in with peace, us, right? Yeah. Who who, who was uh, a major player throughout sure. most of the series, most of the franchise. But these are two of the characters that have been more like kind of side. One uh-huh. a villain, right? The the. Mm. Uh, no, hasn't Shaw been more of an antagonist in the series? They go back and forth with each other, but I would say they've been more main characters in the last few films. Mm. The last like two or three, both Hobbs and Shaw have come to the forefront uh, in terms of you know their roles in the narrative. Okay, um, Fate of the Furious was eight, and yeah. no, it did not have the eight Should've. in it, unfortunately. Well, get us into plot, Carlos. Lead us, please. I mean, what do you need to know, man? I mean, there's fast cars, there's The Rock, there's Idris Elba, there's Jason Statham. The, the, Enough f- said. the female protagonist has self-injected herself Vanessa with a yeah, virus. Okay, okay so, the, yeah. so the movie opens with, you know, this kind of armored truck being robbed, and there's clearly some kind of... Um, Valuable... Uh, valuable something yeah, in there asset. it seems to be some kind of like uh biomechanical mm-hmm. weapon of some sort um and then vanessa kirby's part of this team uh kind of mutinies them injects herself with this deadly virus bolts uh as idris elba's getting there um and so then the quest at that point is idris was looking for this thing that he was trying to steal so that he can like you know restart the world or whatever and then you you know it it's a really simple yet kind of complicated plot all at the same time because you have this company Etion, which is like this shadow corporation that owns everything, like all media outlets, all this. They have enormous wealth. They're working in like um, biomechanic, like human upgrade kind of things, like creating cyborgs and stuff. And they think that the vast majority of the population needs to be killed off because they're weak and useless and that the rest of humanity needs to be given these biomechanical upgrades because that's the next uh, part of the next phase of human evolution so that the planet can survive and yada, yada, yada. And they are trying to get this, uh, you know, um, 
virus as a, for, a form of killing off the part of humanity they don't see any use for. And Idris Elba is their way to go out into the world and do these things because the leader of this company is just a voice, uh, augmented voice on a screen. And so when word of this bio weapon in the you know wild somewhere they don't know exactly where at first um when Hobbs and Shaw are enlisted in this you know mission or whatever uh is like okay there's this thing out there we got to find it it could literally melt the insides of every single person on the planet these are the only two guys that can do it but they don't like each other and they don't like working together but nobody else on the planet except these two guys can do it that's right so we have to put them together and hope for the best ryan reynolds is the one that enlists yeah. uh luke shaw played by the rock who at this point has retired from his espionage work uh his work for the government and is trying to just be a dad deckard shaw apparently just wakes up in the morning and goes straight to the bar to get a beer <laughs> and that's his life and, and, and uh, he, drives after, him a, he drives him a clear in there after wears a suit. making a lovely omelet yes after making an omelet he gets in his suit in his mclaren goes to the bar to the pub to just like a very quaint pub for yeah. such a yeah. apparently which, wealthy man. which it seems like he owns because he just gets behind the bar and pours his own pint that, that's and, fair yeah. I, I hadn't quite thought about that um and uh yeah so and then he gets brought in um and then action ensues action ensues uh turns out that the woman who injected the virus into herself is jason statham's sister vanessa kirby who yes i will acknowledge is like 21 years younger than him and there are flashbacks them growing up side by side Uh as if they are not 20 years apart does not bother me and if that's something you're gonna get hung up on then you should have never walked into the theater mm. to see this movie in the first place and you don't walk uh, into this movie to get hung up on much <laughs> to get hung up on stuff like that it, it's uh, really a disneyland ride i mean it's it let's is, just have some fun yeah it is balls to the wall front to back action non-stop fight scenes uh, finally at a certain point you're probably you know at this point maybe 45 minutes in you get some kind of car chasing type of city. i mean i right. guess there is some car chasing in the beginning too there's not as much cars as one would there's think that enough, there would be yeah there well, it's kind of nice much. it's kind of nice i it mean is. like it, to, it, in the series if you're going to call it fast and furious presents you're saying it's something kind of different than the rest of the yeah. series mm-hmm. but now that i'm thinking back on it even in the beginning when they're, uh, I think in London, right? There's mm-hmm. the chase where, you know, Jason Statham, The Rock, and Vanessa Kirby are all in the, uh, right. the and, McLaren. And, and you have Idris the motorcycle. Elba, yeah. A sentient motorcycle, which I thought was interesting. Um, it seems like something people would get upset about, but I watched an interview with Idris Elba right before it came out where he was like, yeah, it's like a Knight Rider situation. Which makes perfect sense. It was very yeah, much a Knight Rider though he situation. doesn't ever talk to the bike, does he? I mean, it's just like it sort of senses where No, but the bike is, is autonomous. <laughs> right, no, the bike, but I mean, like, there's obviously something he's doing to trigger it coming to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar, though, I yeah, think. That's part yeah. of his biomechanical... Right. Well, they just have all the being. money and tech in the world, so they're like, fuck it, you know? Right. Like, give him this crazy motorcycle, who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. And... Uh, but yeah, then the part where they're in the city that's presumably outside of Chernobyl or something like that, or maybe what I, you know, yeah, um, the secret lair kind of place that they blow up, right? Uh, that's where you get really the fast and furiousness of it all. 
there's a big truck because the rock has to have big trucks because right, he's a big manly right. man uh-huh. uh and then you know jason statham's doing his thing in the little buggy and then the motorcycle well, situation, and there is and, and there is the ridiculous chase with the helicopter uh, hold on on samoa oh, oh, let's, we're get, let's a, get to that yeah, in a second say, we're gonna get there because yeah. the samoa part is it's almost a separate movie yeah samoa. let's talk about that samoa, samoa. yeah uh this is an amazing movie. I think I saw. <laughs> I think I saw the trailer for Jumanji two. Oh, such also at a great this movie. movie. Mm-hmm. And then when I was at Redbox uh, online, I noticed that in the new releases, like you know, the posters, The Rock is in six of them that are currently in Redbox. Yeah, the dude's the largest movie star in the world, and his charisma physically. His right, true. <laughs> true. His charisma. I think he's the highest paid too. Maybe Tyler Perry beats him, but that's maybe the only person. Yeah. His charisma in this film is undeniable. In every film, undeniable that The Rock just seems like, and I, I get maybe it's because he in the R-rated context he can say the F word. Like, this is PG thirteen. He, he, someone he was cursing. He well, said he, the F word once. You, they, you, you can curse. They, and you, you get an F. No, you can say one F bomb. Yeah, and he got it. Well, they both said it at the same time, I believe. Oh, yeah. So technically, bending the it was rules. One. Bending the rules. Yeah. Um, uh, his Christmas great. J- uh, Jason Statham. I mean, I've liked him back since Snatch Italian Job. Prior. Uh, uh, they reference lo- the Lock, Italian Job in this movie. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. I mean, he. Go, I mean, the he. Fiat. He has been the anti. <laughs> Action movie hero hero for for quite Death a while. Race. <laughs> Them together is fun, and if you walk into this movie, if you walk into this movie with the proper mindset, yeah, we're not going to see any Academy uh, Academy Award winning much here, except maybe stunts or you know whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, by choreography, it was a fun movie, and I enjoyed myself very much until, and we'll get to that in a second. Okay, David, David? until <laughs> no, what do you think? I mean, I mean, th- let's talk pre Samoa. Okay, so <laughs> I think, yes, if you go into this film with the right expectations, you're going to enjoy yourself. I think you you need to go and not expect there. I mean, Carlos actually did a much better job, I think, giving uh, credit plot. to the plot uh-huh. than the film itself does in some <laughs> ways. Just in that he explained it in a way that it was like, as I was listening to it, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's something there. There's something there. But as the film goes on, I mean, it really doesn't matter. The The point is there are nefarious things that are at that are afoot and these two and guys there are two guys who and are a girl. only two guys who can do who who can make things mm-hmm. right and yes and and in partnership with with a woman who initially may be positioned as a damsel in distress but a, very but, competent but ultimately is is a big factor in how they're able to pull things and off yeah and there are great bits of horrible exposition in this film right yeah <laughs> horrible yeah. i was going to say it, like if i have a criticism of I the disagree. film it's it's no, where Carlos. I think Carlos. It's did inarguable. Better, I think Carlos did a better job summarizing the plot than the film does in the exposition of some right. of these things. Like we have this virus that needs to be embedded in a person and right. can only live there for a certain amount of time before it explodes and then it can go out to any place. But those key points are, are discussed in front of the door that we have to get through to solve the problem. Right. And let me just talk to you about all this stuff yeah. that we know, but we're literally just talking to the audience yeah. so that they can be caught up. Right. I hate 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 that. Right. And, 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 and they do it a lot. I'm I'm good with it because it frees up more time for action. Well, no, that's it. I mean, it needs to. That's where it needs to give over to the action. Yeah. It's it's almost like at some point I want to see one of these films where they just somehow throw all of that pretense out, and it's just 
you know, Hobbs and Shaw, we want you to go on a mission where you just blow a bunch of shit up mm-hmm. and get out there and do it, guys. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and why do we need to do it? We just need the and, world needs you to blow shit up. Go do it. And while you're doing it, do it with flexed biceps. Flex those biceps. Yeah, right. And shirts with no sleeves. Right. None at all. Right. Yeah, no. That, that's... No shirts at all. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I... It's fun. It, it's a fun roller coaster. You know that going in. And if you know that going in, you have a fun roller coaster ride. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, my. I, I enjoyed this film more than I thought that I would, and I'm upset with myself that I do. I lo- okay, first of all, we all know I loved it, right. and that I was going to make you guys talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no way y'all were getting out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't my, fight you anymore, fi- I <laughs> My only trepidation about saying that this is one of my favorite movies of the year is <laughs> that there, the, the ball busting between The Rock and Jason Statham... It's not bad. It's... It's kind of bad because it's okay. so rooted and just so steeped in toxic masculinity. It's so hyper masculine and it's so like detrimental to. I'm not like, socially aware. You know, I'm not woke enough to be bothered like, by I just, that yet. Every time that I hear them like give each other shit for like like uh, Mike Oxmall. Uh, oh. Funny, the rocks like name or whatever. It is funny, but it's also like every Michael. Every they're given they're given fake passports to get through security. Yeah, and, and the rock is Michael. Well, they're not given. Jason Statham makes them. Yeah, understand. Sean makes them, so he makes it. So Jason Statham has a cool name, and they're cutting back and forth between the characters. It's yeah. like, oh, your name is Mike Coxmall, and he, I guess, didn't realize that that was his name, and he has to go with it. Yeah, he had only read it. He hadn't said it out loud. Yeah. He's like, no, it's Michael. Whatever. But it's just that every dig that they I, make I at each other is that part is it's funny, but yeah. ev- but in context of the whole film, every dig that they make at each other is somehow rooted in like, oh, your dick's small. Oh, my balls are so big. Like, right. You know, it's all this very like, there's a lot of talk about their dicks and like, but more specifically well, their balls because they can't talk about Well, we do that off air. I mean, the, 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 uh, the primary sort It's of, locker room talk and I don't particularly care there's for some, it. There's, there's definitely some of that, but a lot of it has to, you know... I like, do that a lot here. With, with Shaw, you know, against... Shaw sees Hobbs as being the Hulk smash guy, right? Which That's the is. joke that, he, that he's just like, whatever the problem is, it's going to be solved by just brute force. We're yeah. going to just break things apart. And that, you know, Hobbs sees Shaw as no being finesse. this somewhat pretentious kind of, uh, you know, Brit. Brit yeah. yeah, I mean, that's so it's 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 kind of like the, the brute force American versus the refined, mm-hmm. somewhat more mannered Brit style that, yeah. that that becomes like a point of, uh, you know, difference between the two characters. I just I just thought that the the insults back and forth could have been better written. Sure. It could have been wittier more clever but instead they were just about like oh you're not as much of a man as i am because i'm going to tell you that your dick's small and you can't say anything back to me you're like what you know there's, I, there's I a lot of to, that kind of or, like, you know or, or you have to i'm consider- gonna bring your sister to bed yeah you know? yeah, 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 yeah 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 that kind of stuff it's just very hyper masculine which this movie is hyper masculine and i understand i that. think you have to consider the audience let me let me tell you well, no exactly let and me tell you a story bros yeah it's bros but also that the the problem that I have with it is that you know you're going to have this audience and you're just reinforcing all of their very ill-conceived notions of sure. masculinity. Um, you're playing too. I mean, you are playing too. But I mean, you, this but is not the movie that teaches social lessons to the audience that it's, it's going to come into the movie. It's not. No, it's, it's not that. It's not, but you know what your audience is like. Let's be real. At nine movies in, they're coming no matter what. And 
you can make those insults back and forth between them be whatever you want them to be. Like a good example of something similar is Joe Rogan having Bernie Sanders on his podcast. Mm -hmm. Bernie's not his podcast normal target demo candidate, but he brought somebody different on, presented a different point of view, you know, like that kind of thing. And I think that if you're the Fast and the Furious franchise and you're those filmmakers and you know the kind of people that are going to get that are going to show up, they're going to show up anyway. One, two, the audiences would not have been would not have left the theater and been like, you know, I really like The Rock and Jason Statham's back and forth, but they didn't talk about their dicks enough. You know, like you could you could you could do something different and a little more elevated, and it still be just as impactful. It might have been the opportunity. It might have been an opportunity to do something more elevated, because we're doing something completely different in, in, in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, we're gonna do a presentation of an of a of an offshoot, and will Hobbs and, Sh- and Shaw two exist? For sure, without I, a doubt. For sure, I mean they've made so much money worldwide, and yeah. now they now that we're talking about this, the only thing that I can think of is that maybe some of those jokes are designed for international audiences because that's something that maybe culturally transfers or translates in a way. And again, I'm not still woke enough impactful. to be bothered by them. I don't. I mean, and and I don't know. That's just something I just thought of right now because these movies really are made for international audiences and a lot of the money they make is in china and is in overseas um this movie uh broke the record for the like highest grossing opening weekend or opening week for a film in korea wow um i mean they're doing all sorts of crazy numbers overseas they know what they're doing uh, on a worldwide thing well i mean and that's really the genius of dwayne johnson is that at this point in his career he owns the production company seven bucks production that makes literally all of his movies at this point. And the thing that seven bucks production does so well is they make these movies that do incredibly well overseas. Every movie he's in does huge numbers overseas internationally. And we may see in America, okay, it's a $200 million movie. It made 225 or whatever, but internationally made a billion like skyscraper, San Andreas, Jumanji, like you know, uh, yeah. Rampage, all these movies did massive numbers overseas, more than they did in the States, you know? Right. And um, so that's what makes him this like, Total juggernaut, mind blowing. This juggernaut of a action star, right. you know? But you're going to say. Well, speaking of around the world, help me explain how they get to Samoa, the climax of the film. Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> For those that may not have seen the film, though, they. They, they meet Kevin Hart. On an airplane, and he is like, "Man, what you guys talking about? You got to go back for blah, blah, blah. I'm Kevin Hart, and, yeah. and he's but like, they, they need to hide out. They need to lay he's, low. He's an air marshal, yeah. and he's like, he's like, man, you guys need a third guy. Y'all got chose back and forth. I'll be the third guy. I'll be the one that you know, you know, just being Kevin Hart, which right. like in this, con- it was enough Kevin Hart for me. Any more, I would have been like, Ugh. right, yeah, you because know, I don't particularly. It was, care enough, for him. it was it was a fun camera. It was enough Kevin Hart sure. that I was satisfied. And but I they need to, they need to lay low, and the best place to do that would be in a far corner of the world, Samoa, where, which is a very far corner of the certainly, world. Certainly, Samoa, fair. and we know that the Rock is Samoan, so here we, the Rock is able to show off his country of of origins, yeah. culture. And it just so happens, thank God, that his estranged brother is the head chop shop guy in Samoa. Who's best mechanic also, in the world. Best mechanic in the world who's got an online business where he's shipping out uh, uh, custom Choppers, cars all, all cars, over the, all, yeah. All yeah, over the world, work. which is the best place to be if you need to antithetically 
be in opposition of and and an advanced race of nanotechnology or biotechnology. Yeah, because all the guns are gone in, in his house in Samoa, and it's all just ancient weaponry from his ancestors. Right, and, and, and surprise explosions and, and booby traps. And booby traps, yeah. It's a great scene, man. It, that is a great sequence of filmmaking. There's a story in Hollywood that Wild Wild West, the climax includes a mechanical spider. That's not a, that's a real thing that happened. And that John Peters... Is the producer. John, is John Peters the producer of Wild Wild West? Um, don't look it up. Maybe. I don't remember the name, but it was the producer had he been had, trying to work that he in He wanted years. to work in a mechanical spider. Not a mechanical spider specifically, but just a giant spider as an antagonist. He right. tried to make Kevin Smith write it into his Superman movie. And so they fit it into Wild Wild West. He finally got, after like 20 years, he finally got his big spider. I feel like someone wanted to write Samoa as a battle scene into, into a movie and they just plugged it into this because it yeah it was the rock. it doesn't have anything to do with anything else and it that's is, incorrect then then is there a part in the fast and the furious franchise where the rock's character is Maybe. talking about samoa often because if there is then okay there's some continuity but I mean, as he, a new viewer he, no, they, of this they franchise they never explained his backstory they never get super into it and i think that that's what, what this understand. movie i mean they never get crazy crazy deep mm-hmm. in his backstory the this, movie takes a weird this turn movie, this movie into a ser- whole different thing. This movie serves as their, these two characters' backstories more because yeah. you get in, uh, you know, you get into both Hobbs and Shaw's family. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Deckard yes. Shaw's a strange sister. Uh, sh- uh, Hobbs is a strange brother, etc. Um, but I think um, what we get from going to Samoa is. You know, ultimately, the film's core moral message is... Oh, there is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm you know, waiting. Uh, is about, um, you know, overcoming ego uh, to humble yourself enough to be able to work in a team with other people, even though you may have differences, because, you know, working together versus solo ultimately uh, is more beneficial for the greater good of society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that in The Rock reconciling with his brother, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to form this, you know, impenetrable fortress or whatever, you know, and they do their thing, you know, whatever the whole, you know, ceremonial kind of pre-war chant situation and then obviously at the very end when um i was listening to how did this get made they did an episode on this with adam scott and nicole byer and nicole byer said something like yes two grown men at the very end of the movie discover for the first time teamwork (laughs) like they like (laughs) discover the concept of teamwork but you know and as silly as that kind of is at the end they're just like yeah like, sure, we both want to be the heroes, we both want to be the alphas, like, whatever, but if we can just kind of sacrifice a little bit of ourself in tiny increments, then ultimately we can defeat Black Superman, a.k.a. Idris Elba. Right. Uh, and, you know, save David, the world. you mentioned the car chase with trucks yeah. all on all on nitrous <laughs> with a helicopter. Yeah. Yes, they're all and now chained it, together. And it happened in, some, in the Samoa portion of this film right no i mean it it is it was one of those sequences where yeah you you have a a helicopter a chopper like it's sort of you know being used to try to pull these people away from the island so that they can kind of um take off and and instead you have the rock 
and uh, and and uh, Jason Statham, like keeping them anchored via this chain hooked to a tow truck, essentially, mm-hmm. that is then at some point no longer even just the chain. It is the rock as part of the chain holding on Which to... Which is insane. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> the rock with his muscles. With yes. his muscles, his his body. Keeps, keeps a helicopter right. via a chain just holding in his hand. His hand. And, and, he's, and he's doing the... <laughs> and his his bicep could not be larger. His triceps no, yeah. are bulging. Yeah, it um, is so I ridiculous. Mean, it is. It, it is. is it but is at crazy. that point, you've been asked to completely take your brain out of your mind and yeah. put it in your popcorn. You've bowl. suspended yeah. so much disbelief at that point that yeah. you're just like, "Fuck it, why That's, not?" You know? No, I didn't say that. I was like, "This is dumb." But well, I, when I I'm my first reaction was like. This kind of dumb, but then I was like, you know what, fuck it. Right. <laughs> and I just watched, and but you know, something we haven't discussed yet. <laughs> One of my favorite things about any Dwayne the Rock Johnson how, movie, how and Fast I, and Furious went supernatural. Uh, That's what we haven't discussed yet. Well, no, I mean that happened. I mean, yes, they can do stellar car moves. Ago. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar. Fast Five was when it went from being a movie about you know a street racing gang to a movie about superhuman people. Okay. Uh, so we've been, I mean, it's bound it, it's, to happen. and it's, it's gotten increasingly more ridiculous as the movies have gone on. Without like, in, you know, Fate of the Furious, they were, uh, give it to us in small they were doses. Out, they we'll were, they were in a chase scene with a fucking submarine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with cars. Yeah. Yeah. Cars and submarines. Cars and submarines. Cars versus submarines. <laughs> Shit, you're not. That's, a ne- that's the next sci-fi movie. Sci-fi channel. It, couldn't make it up. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I love about Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies and I, uh, between this and I saw Skyscraper recently and I remember thinking this when I saw San Andreas Rampage I mean the whole lot of them these movies are really just about what a great guy Dwayne Johnson is and <laughs> every movie he's just positioned to be like such a great dad and like mm-hmm. a great friend and like you know and you know countryman uh, you know whatever and that to me is just hilarious and it just gets me every time. If you're a star that's trying to keep your star shining bright, that's the position you want to put yourself into. I know, into. and he's fucking great at it. He's not mm-hmm. even close to becoming the heavy. Mm-hmm. He was... No. He was, you know, the heel in... Uh, Will he run in for WWF, president? In yeah. WWE, and he got out of it, and mm-hmm. uh, I hope he doesn't. No. Um, I think it'd be ill-advised. Um but you know, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, yeah, he's, I don't know. he may be the most likable person on the planet. So like, he's up there. He's up uh, there. I mean, it is. Yeah. Who I mean, who do you think is more universally loved than him? I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, very few people. But I will. I will say, like, I think the particular combination that he brings of physicality which i mean like all he has to do is stand in front of a camera and the guy i mean and smile he's just a the guy huge, smile right he's charisma but yeah he has comic timing yeah he does and but he gets better but as it's he also, goes along well he but was it's hilarious also, in wwe yeah it, but it's also not a comic timing that's built on um superiority it's not him putting people down no if anything he takes a lot mm-hmm. and he's able to take a lot i mean i remember back in this is probably like 2000 2001 seeing him host and he's probably done more now i can't but snl he, oh yeah you he's know, on snl more. It, I think it was the first one he did because he was still a WWE guy and yeah. I, he had done like a film or two. And He was doing the eyebrow a lot. Yeah, and I remember mm-hmm. watching it and just being like, 
I mean, I knew who he was, yeah. but I had no idea. We're going for commercial appeal with this was, episode rather than any no kind of. I had no idea that he was capable of that kind of performance yeah. and that he could do that. And and I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Yes, he's he's definitely, I mean, he's just, you look at him and you think like that is like strength, power, whatever. But then he's also able to kind of humble himself and, and also be. Now, do you remember Get Shorty? Yes. Do you remember his role? In yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That, that was the first time that I was like... That was early on. That was one yeah, of his first films. It had to have been. Really early. That was one of the first times I was like, this guy's really fucking good. Because yeah. he played this like bodyguard guy that was, uh, you know, a clo- he was closeted homosexual, okay. I, I think. Uh, you know, kind of presented somewhat feminine despite being this very massive, masculine right. person. And he was he wanted, wanted to be an actor. And he submitted this tape this reel that was him doing uh, a quote-unquote monologue from bring it on but it was him doing a full scene as every character i remember that uh, now yeah, yeah yeah and it was funny like that was the first yeah. time i was like this guy's fucking hilarious like right you know uh, i don't know i uh, well there's it. actors and there's movie stars right and he's a movie star he's a movie star now will we see in the near future or far future uh the Rock goes serious. No. The, the way that Jim Carrey did from Ace Ventura to Eternal Man in the Moon or Eternal Sunshine yeah. or Truman no. Show or whatever. Fuck no. Why not? Because I, he's I got think... it made. And I don't know if he's really capable of that. They all do it. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't even think that it's... I don't... I mean, I, I, I could believe that he could do something more serious. He'd I have just... to tone down the muscles. Well, the, you, you know, know you're right. In you this know, in this movie, they're on full display. Well, but you know, like, okay, but but what about like? And he m- might need to wait a few years. But what about him doing something like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke? You know, like where he's like that was exactly guy, what I thought. Of you too. know, the, the, I could see him even with his physicality playing a more and, and he won't be old, he won't be young and in the fit of his right prime he's for yeah. Is he fifty? He's like close. 51. God, yeah. I'll, I'll repeat what I said in the Once Upon a Time episode when we saw Brad Pitt on the rooftop. They're all older than me. I, I there's still hope. Yeah, no, he's he's for my uh, body. I guess he's 47, 48. Yeah, no, but anyway, 51. he's he's 72. Was he? No, was he uh, he's born. He's 47 uh, years old. Um, he's my age. Statham's 51. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, any, actually. it's it's interesting. I don't I don't know that, but he doesn't need to. No, is the follow, other thing. follow the he's, money. And he's, he's got so a good at doing it. You know, comedy action. The, that's his mm-hmm. that's his wheelhouse, and there it's in such high demand. Are we I mean, recommending not, this movie? The only the only Are thing. You kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the the only thing that I find really surprising with Dwayne Johnson is that he is not been pulled into the superhero uh, realm and oh, he is and, supposed to, he was supposed to be a black adam in the Shazam world okay and he, it was, maybe still will be or w- it was long i mean even before they cast um fucking what's his face chuck um, um what was the guy yeah, yeah, Zachary yeah. Levy right uh before they cast him as Shazam they announced that they were in be the rock as Black Adam, you know, like they said mm. that forever ago. Okay, um, I didn't see Shazam. So I didn't either, but I heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah. See I heard it was a very nice that. palate cleanser from the rest of the superhero movies. I'll out need there. to get familiar with the DCU. Yeah. yeah, it's really not worth it at this point. <laughs> it's a joke. So, I mean, d- okay. yes, do I recommend this film? 
Fuck yes. With, with some qualification. Name one. What I said earlier. <laughs> you need to go in with the right mindset. Oh, yeah. Sure. From if you're an academic. Beer in a movie <laughs> listeners, if, if you've uh, enjoyed our uh, breakdowns of films like High Life. Right. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh art of self-defense uh, yeah art of self-defense or even once upon a time in hollywood and 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 sort of the the sort of minutiae of filmmaking then maybe not the film for you but if you are w- w- a film fan who just can appreciate going to the cinema and grabbing a bucket of popcorn and really just enjoying the spectacle mm-hmm. of, of what cinema can bring when when it's about action it's about a, a bit of comedy then I think this is going to please you. And sometimes I'm in the mood for that. And when I saw it, I knew that I was getting into it and I was able to enjoy it. So yes, I do endorse this film. I recommend this film to anybody who wants that kind of experience. And it's also an indication of the movies that we're going to be seeing in the theater for a ways to go. There was an article that came out went across your social media feed probably about how stop blaming 18 to 25-year-olds for uh, ruining the movie, the, the movie going experience because they elect to, to choose streaming films because they are still the number one audience that goes to the actual theater, mm-hmm. the younger people. And while they're doing that, this is the kind of stuff, the Marvel Universe, these kinds of action films well, that we're going to continue to get as broad, make all the money in the world when they're released films. These aren't going away. So... I went in and I said, uh, let's just have fun. And I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, um, you know, I think there's room for, uh, you know, Lars von Trier films and there's room for Dwayne The Rock Johnson films. I mean, you can enjoy both of them. I do. Except that you're not going to see them wouldn't, wouldn't that be a combo, right? <laughs> I, I'm still... I'm Fast and Furious presents, Hob and, Hobbs and Shaw presents, Von Trier and <laughs> the Johnson. Rock, right. Uh, with William Defoe as the antagonist, um, I'm, I'm who's getting their cock nailed to something. I want to see. It. I'm still waiting on the uh, on the Steve McQueen Michael Fassbender musical. Uh, that's that's the one I want to see. Well, Dogfish is one of those breweries that uh, has made a big mark in the craft beer scene. Craft beer yeah, scene yeah. for years and years and years. Carlos, you made a joke because they. Kind of sold out. That was a big beer. It, it wasn't a total sellout. No, you're right. It was right. more of a merger, but still, yeah. I mean, they, I, I don't. I'm not faulting it yet. Like I said, I'm gonna. I understand. If someone gets bought out, I'll continue to, to, to drink the beer until the beer goes south. Right. Well, and and them partnering up with Boston Beer doesn't cause me as much pause but, as selling out to an AB. But but when 120 releases, it's always an event in the local beer in the craft beer. People world. care. There are still those people that care. Is, is that warranted? I've I've got an opinion. What's your opinion, Joe? You go first this time. You never go first. Okay. If you're going to go with an 18 ABV, 15 to 20 ABV beer from Dogfish, get the old school barley wine. I'm not a fan of their 60, 90, or 120 in the IPA community. I, I... I don't go to it. It's usually the sixty is usually available. The ninety a little bit less so, and the one twenty becomes a rarity. I'm not a fan of these as an IPA profile. Mm-hmm. This is just a big boozy glass of beer. Yeah. I didn't taste one bit of IPA in it. I tasted booze. Yeah, I, it's not that good. I mean, I do get IPA. I mean, I, I don't think they're wrong labeling it that. 
I agree. I actually like the 60-minute okay, especially mm-hmm. when I'm in the mood for one of those more throwback kind of bitter mm-hmm. IPAs. Yeah. Uh, th- True to form. Yeah, th- that... You know, I don't have it a lot, but occasionally it'll be on a tap list somewhere and I'll be in the mood for it and I'll grab one. Um, and same with 90 Minute. 120 is more of a stunt beer, yeah, and, 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 and which is why it pairs good well call. with this film. It, it It's sort of a, hey, what if we just push things yeah. to a limit that you can't even imagine? And what happens is... Well, yeah, I mean, I can drink it, and it's going to get me drunk. Mm-hmm. But yep. <laughs> very effectively. <laughs> Carlos is like, yeah, Dave, you're drunk. Uh, but but flavor-wise, am I wanting no. to sip on this a lot? I, I can I can drink it. I just did. My, mm-hmm. my glass is empty. But it's not something that I'm thinking, oh, I, I need more of that. Yeah, not, that. Not, yeah. not real high. I'm not necessarily enjoying every sip yeah. it's more just like this so is this is sad i, I mean go. on the on the one hand <laughs> hobbs and shaw it's a stunt film that you know after i see it i'm thinking yeah i could go for one, another one of those when yeah. i'm ready Fuck yes you know i can't wait this for one the next I, I have my four ounces and i think yeah i don't need to have that again for a real long time yeah. if ever that's why this has been one of the beers that's been in my cabinet for a while that i have not been tempted <laughs> to take out Right. Well, but, um, but still, I, when you've when you've sellered a beer for a year, you've made an investment of time. And well, I, that's I do appreciate you opening it up. And for I will tonight. say, thank you. The the good thing about cellaring this, it does bring down because if you have one of these when it's real fresh, the hop profile, it, it it's it's kind of a, absurd. I mean, I think it it is a beer that needs a little bit of time. Have you had it on tap? Down. I, I have. haven't. I haven't. I've had it a, a year old. I've had a ninety. Tap. Oh, really? I like the 60 and the 90 well enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm uh, very much the same vein as David is on this mm-hmm. uh, c- uh, category. I actually remember when I was, um, when I uh, still lived in uh, the apartment with my wife, um, a friend of ours lived downstairs from us and I don't, I think she was out of town or something. Yeah, it was, I think it was when she was uh, camping with her sister, but um, I got a call from my downstairs neighbor and she was like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. She was like, oh, you want to come down and have a beer? I was like, yeah, sure. And so I went down and we split this 120 minute. I ended up finishing most of the bottle because she didn't care for it. And then we tried the 90 right afterwards and putting them side by side in that context. Maybe that's why I have the fond memory of the 90 because it was so much mellower than this one yeah. uh, and more drinkable. But I, I do I do remember liking the 90 minute one, you know. I, just I, I pass it by a lot at the store, but if it's on tab somewhere, yeah, I'll give it a go. I think dogfish, it didn't, it didn't justify the price increase no, to me. No, And I think Fuck that... no. This is a $10, 12-ounce bottle of beer. Yeah. And it is... It's a novelty. Yeah, it's not... I, yeah. Yeah, I don't need to have more than one of these in my cellar at a time. Okay, well, we're going to take a big turn for beer. Big turn. We are going segment. to investigate. The te- we, this the is... 2009... This is, Picklegate. If this you, is hard-hitting journalism. If you presents. live in Texas, or at least in the distribution effort presents. near the border, you've heard of the best-made pickle beer? From Martin House Woo. Brewing. You couldn't have missed Woo. the social media onslaught that it oh, was. Oh, yeah. We're going to put it We're and the original it. Texas pickle beer, Pickle Fucker, from New, New Braunfels Brewing Company, side-by-side. Side. Stay tuned. Here we go. And welcome back to Beer and a Movie. Part new, the second half. We have been thinking about and excited about this beer segment, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about another buddy 
action film as well. I can't contain myself. Companion piece. You're very excited? I'm so excited. (laughs) A few years ago, (laughs) uh, a, a little company called... New Braunfels Brewing Company, which uh, kind of sours is their thing. It mm-hmm. is, yes. Created a beer called. I'm going to spell it out first. P K L F K R. Now that's just pickle fucker. Period. Yeah. And it is the, their sour with pickle juice added, and it made it made a splash. I've seen it on tap around town, and I've I've bought a four pack or two. <sighs> wow. Um, I, yeah, I've seen it on tap and I, I've, I've tasted it. Okay. I tasted it the first time and pickle pickles are the adjunct. I've had it in, you know, uh, a a different format than just the straight beer. And, um, but I've never, never, uh, bought a four pack. If you live in Texas, you may have purchased at the grocery store pickles, hamburger slices, gherkins, dills from a company called best made about a month ago, six weeks ago. A uh, another brewery in Texas, Martin House Brewing Company. Great brewery. Th- they released a best made in collaboration with that pickle company, sour pickle beer, and it made a huge social media sp- splash. At least in Texas, is it an official collaboration? It's got to be. They're using the label art and everything else. Yeah, at, at the be. very least, they're licensing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Martin House out of Fort Worth, I should say. And, and yeah, I, yeah, and and I will say definitely. Upping the game in terms of the label art mm-hmm. and the marketing and everything, bringing in the best made this this very well known pickle manufacturer or pickle brand. Yeah. yeah. Now the new Oasis, no, I'm sorry, the new Braunfels Brewing Company owner and brewer released a blog. Oh, God. Decrying. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. We're going to put these two beers head to head. Okay, so. If you do not live in Texas or nearby within a distribution zone, this may be completely off of your radar, but we're going to post on all of our social media well, no, not, links it, to all of it. It wouldn't be because, I mean, even news outlets in like Indiana have picked up this Martin House beer. Yeah. Like yeah. it has gone nationwide as far as because news it's coverage. so different and interesting. Yeah, and you know because well, people are paying attention to it. Um, so we've the, got a bottle. The Martin, the new Braunfels thing that you just mentioned will come up later, right? Uh, because of how far it predates uh, the best made Martin House beer. Um, but we've got both. We've got both, and the reason we are doing this is because the new Braunfels beer predates the Martin House one by so many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, which one's better? Right. That's what so, we're going to find out. David, you just opened the pickle fucker for new Braunfels. Mm-hmm. We've got a best made here that we're going to open. I'm going to. But here is the thing: the three of us individually, or maybe we were, we were together, were told that this is a great beer for a michelada. Now, a michelada, in case you don't know, uh, is. Do you know who told me that? No. Who told you that? Do you guys remember? Was it me? I got it at Vernon's, but a local beer. But do you remember who told you who that this pickle beer would be good for a michelada? Do you remember no, who told you that? No. I think it was me. I'm not going to take total credit. Okay. But the person that told me that was uh, a beer and a movie alumni, uh, Josh the Cute Owl de Leon. Okay. Um, because him and his uh, now wife tried uh pickle fucker at the exact same place that i did alamo draft house um josh was working there at the time <clears throat> and um you know they tried it and they liked it they like pickles a lot more than i do 
And they were like, you know, that would be pretty good in a michelada. And then they tried it, and they said it was great. Yeah, so... Uh, and we, it is great. Now, the, the three of us great. have had a pickle fucker michelada before. I have made us three micheladas. A michelada, in case you don't know, is half beer, half... And I'm using Bloody Mary mix, and you can get by with that. There is also michelada mix. It puts a little more it's of a... Bloody a, Mary mix. Yeah. I mean, this is so this is half Bloody Mary mix. Half, so we got three things ahead in front of us. Pickle fucker. Best made sour pickle beer, and a michelada made with South... With, I'm sorry, best made sour pickle beer because yeah. the three of us have had a pickle fucker. All right, enjoy. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Which beer is better? Which michelada is right. better? But let's talk about Rush Hour. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, we did, we did want to go back to the buddy action or mismatched buddy action comedy yeah. realm. And this was my idea. Um, I'm a very big fan of this film. Uh, has There's a, a pickle on my nose. Has a very <laughs> soft spot in my childhood movie watching. Um, little did I know how steeped in controversy it was. Let's so, talk about that at the end. So I apologize for that up front. Regardless of that, separate art and artist. I personally view Rush Hour as a Jackie Chan film above all else. That's my personal perception of it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that this is a classic action comedy from the era fish out of water from the era buddy it was film no for any era you think so yeah it's fantastic mm-hmm. i re i rewatched it before we even talked about doing it on the show yeah i was just like i saw it on a streaming service and i was like yes i haven't, I haven't seen, seen this in, in forever i right. want to rewatch this and i had so much fun. and jackie chan is paired with chris tucker who who's doing a really good Eddie Murphy impression? If you haven't seen Fifth <laughs> Is that Element, his entire career. <laughs> yes. If you haven't seen Fifth Element, watch it immediately. Never seen him. Fuck me, <laughs> Carlos. It's it, okay. It, it I, I got twenty saying. years on you. I knew that he was going to see react that way see the Fifth Element. Uh, but I, I, what do you say about the film? I mean, it's um, Jackie Chan, of course, at the height of his American powers, as opposed to his international powers. I got a turn on to Jackie Chan by seeing Rumble in the Bronx. That's when I learned about Jackie Chan. Good movie. And what he is about doing his own stunts and breaking bones if required to do so during the filming. And after I saw Rumble in the Bronx, which happens in the Bronx, which has mountains in the background, okay, then then you have to go back and see some of Jackie Chan's, like, greatest hits and to see what a master he is at choreographed stunt stunt play right and that is so much fun i can't yeah. remember the context of chris tucker before this film came out what well, got him he, to the so, lead you know he was a stand-up yeah. uh he he was he on had, fifth d- element had already come deaf out. comedy jam yeah. uh was big in the friday film mm-hmm. right that that was it that was a big breakout Man, film you role. Not the fuck out. yeah right right um and then yet yeah, this, you know, and and this this sort of even took him to another level of stardom, I think, or at least payday, in terms of uh, his film career. Maybe not this first one, but then what he was able to get for the second and third films once once he got there. Right. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's really interesting. So, you know, going back to what Carlos was saying, that this is a Jackie Chan film. Rewatching this in preparation mm-hmm. for this episode. Um, it was really wonderful to get to see Jackie Chan again because it had been a long time since I had watched a film with him in it. 
Um, I know he's kind of slowed down in in the past few years. Getting older. Though, I say that, and actually, he has done a number of films. He hasn't slowed down, but he's slowed down in the American market. Right. Um, so I, I mean, I, I feel like if anything, it's, it's reawakened my awareness of Jackie Chan and made me think I need to go back and watch some of those films. Cause there's a lot in his filmography that I've just never seen. And he is such a fun presence. I mean, yes. obviously he has the comic timing kind of thing down and all that, but just physically, I mean, what he pulls off in those scenes, you know, like whether it be the uh, the um, the pool room scene or the, you know, like these these things that aren't huge spectacle, right? I mean, if we're if we're comparing it to Hobbs and Shaw, they aren't huge explosions. No. There are explosions in Rush Hour, but right. but you know, his scenes are the ones it's more physicality that I find the most compelling and the ones that I want to watch over and over again. And to me, that is a testament to how great of a film presence Jackie Chan is. So I'm I'm always excited to see that. Chris Tucker, on the other hand, I feel like coming back to him, it, it, time hasn't done any favors to, to it's his It's a one-note performance. Yeah. Um, you you know, understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's him the, that's him the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not like it's terrible. I mean, it's just... The way the character's written, what he's doing with it is appropriate, but it th- there's not much there. I don't know. It 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 just didn't feel like much. So th- I still find the film entertaining, but it's really about Jackie Chan than more so than anything else. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean there, uh, you see him scale up the wall. I mean. You see him do all these crazy stunts. I mean, the entire time, it's just uh, everything. I mean, everything Jackie Chan does is so good. Uh, even in just in, you know, in life in general, or I don't know. I don't know, I don't know enough about him as a person to really say <laughs> right, that. Right, right. But in film, um, I mean, you know, he has, I mean, the whole first part of it is so great. Like, he's like playing Chris Tucker to believe that. He doesn't speak English, and uh-huh. like making Chris, you know, letting Chris Tucker make a fool out of himself, which is hilarious. And um, you know, they developed this friendship over the film, and you know, it's uh, you know, it's just it's just a fun movie. And Jackie Chan's physicality is always funny, and everything he does, like he finds a way to make it all wacky. And even though he is like one of the most skilled martial artists in film that we've seen in a long time, he finds a way to present himself as being somewhat ill-equipped for the situations that he's found himself in and has this wacky zany kind of like oh my god what's going on like i you know like he's just figuring it all out you know like he's never fought anybody before and it's it's a good time i mean i think that the story is compelling you know there's enough okay one thing this film does really well is it establishes its characters so quickly. It is really, really efficient in its setup. And that's something that you find out right away Chris Tucker's a fuck-up. Like, in the first, like, ten minutes, you know? Uh, You find out right away that Jackie Chan is a very serious, very devoted, you know, uh, to the this... Chinese consulate or whatever. Uh, Consul, uh, yeah. Consul, sorry. And has a very... uh, you know, um, deep relationship with the consul's daughter and 
so you don't have to like waste a lot of time with that stuff you know it's just you get right into it and you're they they find a way to make you emotionally invested in them right from the outset and it makes the rest of the film so much more fun and so much more compelling mm-hmm. and then you know you also have this whole like you know, you get to watch Chris Tucker introduce Jackie Chan's character to new things, Jackie Chan's character introducing Chris Tucker to new things, and, you know, it's just a great time. It's a really, really fucking fun movie. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it is. I mean, It is. And um, David was on vacation when we decided to pair this. In fact, we were going to record this on a different date, and we couldn't make that date. <clears throat> so now David's back in town, and his first question was, we have no problem with a Brett Ratner film. And now it's time to maybe go into that because I received a little heat during the Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood episode when I mentioned that I can separate art from artists when it comes to Woody Allen. I was challenged a little bit. and I, Yeah. It's fine. But Brett Ratner is uh, one of those uh, characters that has turned out to be a little bit nefarious when it comes yeah. to his dealings with ladies over the years. For sure. Um, Does that affect anything? Okay, so I would like to just clarify something you said. Go ahead. And the only heat, at least from me, that you may have received is that I'm, I'm, I, pl- I'm playing a little bit. Well, no, I know, but but I think but I think this is an important um, uh, thing to bring up in the art and artist debate. Is that for me, uh, in at least in the context of Woody Allen, Manhattan's a little. A little tough for me, mm-hmm. you know, given the, the content of his of his the content of the the nature of his wrongdoing versus the content of that film. But it bleeds into the movie exactly, and right. that makes it it's a little too close. This to is just the director of an action film, and the action yeah. film is enjoyable. Yeah, it really has nothing to do. With, I mean, I found out that Rush Hour was a Brett Ratner film exactly five days ago. Mm-hmm. Like you know, right. it wasn't ever a thing that I thought. Like I never watched Rush Hour and thought. Ooh, who directed this? What else have they done? You know, right. like, and even I found out he had done some, he did the Horrible Bosses movies even more recently. I didn't know that. You're like, a fan of those, if I remember. I liked the first one. Uh, the second one was, I don't know, whatever. And he did some other things that, um, and, you know, if you had said the name Brett Ratner to me, I would have been like, oh, he's a director, right? But I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything he'd done. Now, that being said, even in the Woody Allen department, I still think Annie Hall's a great movie. Uh, Midnight in Paris affected me greatly when mm-hmm. I saw it. Um, Husbands and wives, and you know, I there are movies of his that Anna I've seen that, sister. you know, I have a certain place in my movie going, you know, um, experiences. Um, Match point. I'm just listing off some Woody <laughs> Allen movies over here. Excuse me. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that many of them. But in the in the in the woke moment that 2019 is all about, we're headed into an election where that. You know, there's a lot of pointing out the foibles and the flaws of every single person that we don't agree with. Can we go back in time and watch a film that uh, from a director that has questionable behavior? Right, and and I think what makes it particularly problematic with Brett Ratner is that it really is about him using his power as a director to manipulate situations with actresses and with people who, you know, he's been working with. Yeah. Um, That's even worse. I mean, Woody Allen, it's terrible, but at least his worst extracurricular stuff truly is sort of separate from the films Mm -hmm. in the sense that it's, you know, been kind of private life stuff. Right. Brett Ratner, He's not using his authority to... Brett Brett Ratner, it's a case where it really is kind of like, 
from what I understand, what he's been charged with, it has been him using his position as a powerful director and producer to essentially force women into situations that they would not otherwise want to be in with right. him. And that's... So that that is problematic. Now again, does that come off, come across in the screen? No. And in, in watching Rush Hour, was I thinking like, oh my god, how is he treating women in this film? Mm-hmm. No, not particularly. I mean, that doesn't come through in in the the content of the film in that way. But it did give me pause when I was thinking like, oh god, is this the time to go revisit? a Brett Ratner film mm-hmm. because it was just a couple years ago that all this stuff really started. You know, Coming it, to the it had been spoken about in whispers in Hollywood, I think, for many years. But I think given the moment that mm-hmm. we were in, Me Too, Harvey Weinstein, all that stuff, that he, the people who had been impacted by it finally felt, uh, had enough courage and a platform to be able to speak about that and, and, and cer- to get heard. And it's certainly disassociated from Jackie Chan and his life or Chris Tucker and his life. Right, and if you right. want to enjoy a film with Jackie Chan, do you penalize yourself right. or him right. because you're going to boycott the film outright? Yeah. Now, what I, what I will say, you know... As I said before, with Jackie Chan, he has such an extensive filmography. Oh yeah, that the, I hope me I'm going to use it as this, and I hope our listeners do too. Um, this is an opportunity to think about how many of those films. I mean, there's only three that include Brett Ratner in his whole filmography. I want to see some of those others. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because there are a lot that he's made that um, are, are really high quality films. Really fun, really enjoyable. That that it's what worth are your top out. recommendations? I I mean, Rumble in the Bronx, like yeah. you said, is one that I remember seeing early on that first attuned me to his stuff. Drunken Master, big time, is is, is another one from his earlier career yep. that really stands out. Um, police story, police story, right? I mean, watch it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Especially when you know what Jackie Chan's gig is. Right. And that's I do my own stunts. Yes. And sac- sacrifice my body when required. And then you usually, usually see the sacrifice in the body in the uh, credit sequence. Post credits, yeah. right. Yeah. Seeing seeing those post credit sequences um, or during, or right. d- during the credit sequence. Breaks his foot during a take on uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Right. And then puts on, uh, they, they cast him up and then put a sock over the cast that resembles a tennis shoe that matches his other tennis shoe right. so he can do the scene again with a broken foot. Right. I, I love stories like that, especially when it comes to Jackie Chan. I would like to hang out and have a beer with Jackie Chan. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Right. At the very least, I would appreciate, I mean, I could watch film after film of his mm-hmm. when I'm in the right mood. And it would just be total enjoyment. Yeah. So it, it's exciting to me that to to be reminded that there is such a treasure out there to engage with, and that and and so that that to me is the is the take home message is oh I, I can go watch more Jackie Chan films. But in the context of Carlos's that. love for the film, I I I appreciate that you saw this film in your youth, made an impression. Well, I did too. I mean. You did, did you see Rush Hour when it was first out? Sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I mean it, it, it was a fun film. It was, but I, I haven't given it much thought since. No. 
Especially in even even in a Jackie Chan canon, right? There is no Brett Cannon, uh, Brett Ratner canon that I care about. No, and and I believe that Chris Tucker's made a better movie with Fifth Element. I believe Jackie Chan's made better films than this. So I enjoyed revisiting it for the sake of the podcast, but I hadn't given it too much thought since. Well, it, I mean, that was Jackie Chan's flirtation with like Mass America, didn't he? Do another Shanghai Noon, yeah, and with uh, Nights, Owen Wilson, with Love yeah. Shanghai like Noon. a whole other franchise yeah, that they attempted to do with uh, you know that's Jackie Chan attempting and succeeding at the time. It hadn't continued. To mm, I don't know. Shanghai Noon holds up. No, I, I'm, I'm talking about recently. I mean, oh, okay. we haven't seen a lot of Jackie Chan recently. Yeah. Well, for years they've been saying that there would be a Rush Hour four, mm-hmm. and I think it it did get somewhat because it seemed like maybe it was right before, like maybe in the early mid to 2010s that they were getting close to it, and then I think the Brett Ratner revelations did sort of stymie that. Sure, but. but Apparently, there's still talk that they might do that at some point. Um, I wouldn't be sad. I mean, again, Chris Tucker isn't a huge point of interest for me, but it's they're fun films. I would I would be interested in seeing another iteration of it. Right. I, I would imagine they would bring some other people into it. The um, Rock. Yeah, maybe. Yes. Maybe. Hey, let's see The Rock and Jackie Chan get together, right? And Jason Statham can Who be the, ass? can be the heavy. <laughs> Muhammad uh, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a Rush Hour is a fun movie. Well, we've uh, got to devote some time to our next task. We got to. The, okay. There's a lot beers, of context pickle beers, here. Pickle beers. First of all, we're a Texas-based podcast. We yeah. try to we try as many beers as we can from all over the country, but we cannot deny where we are born and raised. Yeah, this one is. Uh, but you find yourself, David, in Texas, in the middle of beer apocalypse, uh, pickle pickle apocalypse, pickle gate, Texas pickle beer war. Carlos, fill us in. Why is it a war? It's just two different breweries making pickle beer. Okay, well, the reason that it has reached the um, <laughs> controversy that it has was, Defcon I five. believe it was in 2015 or 16 that New Braunfels Brewing Company released its Pickle Fucker for the first time, and it is a uh, sour wheat ale brewed with pickle juice, it comes in at 3.5%. They've been doing it for a while, it's been out there in the world, um, started off you know, I guess it's kind of just a, um, you know, what if we gave it a go, you yeah. know, kind of thing. And Novelty. Um, yeah, novelty ended up being a little more popular than they suggested, so they, you know, started putting it in bombers, distributing it, then they started doing these 12-ounce bottles, like what we're drinking right now, in four-packs. And I remember seeing um, it on tap know, around town. Yeah, I, uh, I've seen it at Vernon's, at uh, Tapology, at Draft House, you know, I've seen it in a number of different places. And, um, now, one of the things that New Braunfels is becoming known for, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. its owner slash brewmaster, um, releasing, satisfying. um, blog posts, um, basically shitting on the beer community at large. He did C- it. Certainly giving his point of view and saying, I'm right, you're wrong. Certainly giving his point of view and saying, go fuck yourselves, my beer's better than yours. Um, You're dumb for not liking it. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I would go that far. No, I, I, he, wouldn't, no, I wouldn't either. He, I'm stoking fi- Carlos's fire. No, I'm going that far. I mean, he said it. I mean, he has said 
that you the beer you guys are into and that you're drinking and a lot of the beer we drink on this podcast it's not real beer well the, it's okay. elephant stomping nonsense and we have gotten away from real beer craft beer is not interesting anymore because it's all this adjunct it's, it's bullshit the, it's, it's the pursuit of and, novelty it's the pursuit of gimmick yeah and he has gone blueberry this he's been very clear and on the record and saying that these pastry stouts these milkshake ipas it's all bullshit mm-hmm. and it's not real beer let's get it back sucks. to style yeah um what we're doing in new Braunfels brewing company is better now carlos uh, i'm so, sorry david you had a difference of opinion well i'm just it's so yes there in past blog posts he has made that point the one particularly about the pickle beer uh-huh. he well, was he was a was little more yeah that. okay all right um yeah so that had happened previously he he released a beer called tasty bullshit uh which was you know had milk sugar it had vanilla beans it had you know i don't know whatever mm-hmm. um and onto his sour uh base yeah, something like that. And he was like, oh, it's going to be a half pour and it's going to be twice the price and it's only one keg and you're going to have to wait in line because we're not going to distribute or bottle it and you're going to have to get it at the tap room and it's the only place you can get it because that's what we're doing now in I don't mind that happening beer. organically, but don't... Well, he was doing it to say like... I understand. Yeah, he was doing it to be like, oh, we're going to blah, 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 blah uh-huh. and like trying to prove some fucking point or whatever. Um, but then this uh, Martin House Best Made Sour Pickle Beer comes out. Another blog post from New Braunfels Brewing Company. And we'll put all this on our social. Yeah, and it this one, as you know, David mentioned a moment ago, was a little less sour. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I, heard, I heard it. <laughs> and it was more... But it really did have this kind of error, to me at least, in my reading of it, and I read the whole thing, and I know a lot of people did. It had this very... Uh, kind of air of pettiness about it saying like well we did it before why didn't anybody care when we did it now all of a sudden exactly what he said now all of a sudden these people did it he's jealous of their marketing yeah and they're doing some and people care care about that now right and and don't forget we did it first we did it first maybe people will try ours now because you like this other one so much blah 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 blah. and then went on and at the very end was like well you know thank you martin house brewing for opening people's eyes to this pickle thing that i did many years that i did before you and whatever and it's just like dude just my we're talking about it we are but my whole opinion on the thing is just shut your fucking mouth and (laughs) make make and market well make the beer you want to make market it make it to the best of your abilities Mm -hmm. and if you know be proud of the work that you've done and leave it at that and that's all that you need to do and now two this guy's taking it to another level than that he's taking it to this pettiness jealousy and it's not a good look for anybody and that's my biggest thing is that i think when i see stuff like that as a business owner i think to myself what if i did that like what if i put out a blog post that was like oh i saw somebody else doing something similar to me well fuck them i did it first and uh-huh. like what what would that say about me you know would do I what I really think I'm converting customers and doing that? What I really think that I'm like attracting people to my brewery or to my record store or to whatever I'm doing? Like how it's much insane. of marketing is is right place, right time? I mean, I, I mean, uh, Martin House. Okay, so the 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 best made yeah. made a huge splash on social media because it looks good. It, it's 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 a beautiful can. Because it looks good. And the marketing's good. Like, it's recognizable. Yeah. It reminds you of the stuff you're buying at the grocery store. And, you know, it has a tie-in that people can relate to. If we're being honest, 
this does not look good. No, that's a hor- that's horrible label art. It's a horrible <laughs> label. And we, and who gives a shit about what's in this bottle? And if by the I way, you, you're this, holding up the pickle fucker bottle. Yeah, if I see this at the store, I'm not going to be attracted to that. Uh-uh. Why would I? Uh-uh. You know, I mean, maybe because there's a curse word hidden in there. That's funny to a lot of, but to a lot of people wouldn't even say the name of this beer. Yeah. you know, there's a lot of stiff, you know, uptight people out there. Right, and FKR. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day. If a beer like this best made pickle beer from Martin House jumps on the scene and blows up, and you've been doing it for years before them, and yours hasn't blown up in the same way, rather than put out some petty blog post saying, like, well, I did it first, why don't you take a second and think, why didn't mine do as well? That's not the original label art, by the way. Why didn't mine do as well? Yeah. They, they, they redid their label art after a couple of years in production. Well, even, even then, who gives a shit? You think. Why didn't mine make as big a splash? So we're talking about the marketing. We're talking about the uh, the image that the brewery puts first forth. But I we guess are, but eventually we're gonna have to talk about which beer is pickle better. Fucker's not as good. It's good. It's, you're laying it out there. It's not as good. The, Tastes like cucumber. This is the pickle fucker, uh-huh. right? It's a little lighter in color. It's got a, almost got a green much tint lighter, to it. Two percent less ABV, so it's water. The best made looks like a. It looks like a beer. Like an APA, like a beer, you know. But flavor-wise, just flavor profile, your favorite is the best made? It tastes a lot more like pickle. I don't know. Per- personally. Go ahead. I think I prefer the flavor of the pickle fucker. Mm-hmm. Um, if only... <laughs> That's a sentence you never thought you'd say out loud. If only because it is a bit lighter in, in character. I mean, it to me... The idea of drinking, and I like pickles, and 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 I like pickle brine. I mean, to, to some extent, and and I've always thought adding a little to something like a Blo- bloody mary uh-huh. or something else, sure, is it is a Olive nice juice, pickle juice, yes, yeah. is a, is a nice addition. So, to me, the pickle fucker is a little closer to just straight pickle juice with a little bit of alcohol. I disagree, and I and I like that. To me, the best made from Martin House. Has a little bit more of a malty character to it. It's, it's not not character. intense. It, it yeah. I mean they're both pretty salty. Um, yeah. But the just like the, the Martin House brewer at New a- has at more of a beer. New now I would say if you're looking for something that is true pickle beer, then I would say Martin House is better. If you're looking for the most flavorable, a fun, flavorful pickle alcohol experience, then the pickle fucker is is good. Um, for that, and, right. that, and that's just you know again that that's that's my take on it. I don't have to I don't have to talk too much. I agree with your take. The, the pickle fucker is a better tasting beer. The best made with the two extra ABV points might get my vote at a bar, but I want to talk to the notion that I don't want any pickle in my beer ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like like I the gimmick is great and all, but it's a gimmick on its face and it's a gimmick on its on an on, on the nose. How it is, yeah, right. Yeah. It's not a flavorful combination well, that I'm ever really gonna enjoy or seek out, well, which to, is why we moved to the Michelada right. because many bar owners have told us I move this beer. When I when I market it in a Michelada, because a Michelada is half beer, half Bloody Mary mix, or some version thereof. Yeah, tomato and juice. And if you're gonna, yeah. 
Think about a Bloody Mary. You just said you're going to add pickle juice to your Bloody Mary. Yeah. They do it for you with the beer. Right. And the Michelada made with the pickle fucker is a better Michelada than the Michelada made with the best made. But yeah. both of these beers, I'm not going to buy or drink ever again. This uh, is it. Other than in Michelada form. And I don't even like a Michelada. I would rather have a cold beer than a Michelada. We drink micheladas in our house because my lady likes them. So I'll enjoy one with her. And if we're going to do that, I bet, imagine the rule until we find a better option is going to be to use one of these pickle beers. I'll keep a six of both of these in the fridge for that purpose. Right. I, I mean... It, it, we settled it. I mean, Carlos says there is a disagreement, but two out of three say pickle fuckers the better pickle beer if you had to drink one to begin with. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, that's fine. Like, I... I but I but I will, and I, and I, I will agree with Carlos on the... You can't... You can't expect people to just find your beer and get excited about it. You need to market it. Mm-hmm. You need to get it out there. And I think... It's a difficult market, the, too. The, uh, the reality Crowded. here is... Martin House, if we're talking about the marketing, much better job. I look at the can mm-hmm. that the Martin House uh, brewery has put out with the best made logo and the pickle images. That That is a much more appealing thing to me than those bottles of the pickle fucker with that weird mutated pickle thing that's... Pickle man. Yeah, pickle man that's on there. Um, three eyeballs and a baseball cap on backward. Yeah, the Michelada was best made is better. You think so? It's better. Um, not only, I mean, it's a higher ABV might contribute. Well, <laughs> no, for real. No, no, no. I mean, I think that. Um, and okay, here's here's my take on it. The first time I had the pickle fucker, I I'm gonna go with you on that. I'm gonna I, change my mind. You 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 convince me. Huh. The first time I had the pickle fucker, I tasted it and I was like, ooh, that's interesting. I definitely taste the pickle, but I do not want to drink very much of that. No way. And so. Putting it in a michelada is specifically designed to mask the pickle flavor of the beer. Uh, you do it because you don't get as much of that pickle flavor. So it kind of defeats the purpose of using that beer in a michelada. Because if you're looking for a beer that's not going to overpower the flavor of the michelada, just use like a Modelo or something that's a higher ABV. Like you use literally anything else in a beer. Yeah, exactly I'm with you. I'm same. with you. I'm 100% with now, if you, on this. you want that pickle flavor mm-hmm. like david said let's say you make a normal michelada and then you just add a little pickle brine in there mm-hmm. that's the best made you know and mm-hmm. so if you want right. a michelada right. with a taste of pickle the best made is the is is the better beer to use um and look i realized that i came across at the beginning of this discussion a little sour on new Braunfels brewing company and no I, pun intended and i am um not a huge fan mm-hmm. at this point um don't really have any interest in um you know, supporting that business, uh, but I do, his, his posts have turned you off that much. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, and I, you know, maybe if I was just an average consumer, I would have a different perspective on it. But as a you business, wouldn't have read a post if you're an average consumer. But I might have, and I might have just been like, oh, whatever. This guy's a troll. He's funny, whatever. But as a as a business owner who you know competes in different markets with different people or whatever, I. Mm-hmm you know, sense that bitterness and I sense the lack of restraint in those posts and I find it very unappealing and off putting and I think it, I think that, you know, I think it can very much be 
um, deflecting responsibility. Uh, it's, I think situation. it's passion misdirected. Um, yeah, it, it, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it can be a lot of it can be a lot of different things, um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of turns me off to it. You know, there's there's just so many other things you can point to. High price points, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Oversaturated so, adjunct market too. So and you know, so I. You know, if anybody's listening to this and they think, oh, you just, you didn't want to like the new Braunfels one, whatever, I can understand your point of view. But I do think that I don't, okay, I don't particularly care for pickle in my beer and it's not something I'm really going to seek out a whole bunch. But if I did for some reason one day think, you know what? I'm really in the mood for pickles, but I also kind of want to get drunk. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm With gonna go. I'm gonna go for the best made every time because it to me it tastes more like pickle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David, what's your the pickle fucker is a little more well balanced. What's your I'll thought give on it that the credit? Michelada. I I mean I like both. Okay. In the Michelada. Um, if I had to pick one over the other, and I'm, and I'm going with the pickle fucker from recollection rather than having it here uh-huh. right now, I, I mean, it, I don't know. It's really Flip hard. To, what, what? Yeah, exactly. Once, yeah. once, you, once you get the tomato juice involved, I feel like it gets so overpowering, and then yeah. it really just becomes like salt pickled. It, 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 yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't see a clear favorite. I think they could both work, but in their naked form and in their like just the way they are, I do prefer pickle fucker just a little bit, just because it is a lighter drink. And and again, it definitely is lighter. Neither are one yeah. that I'm going to be going to all the time. No. But from or the ever. from the first time I ever tried pickle fucker, whatever years ago it was, it was first making the rounds. Um, I said, yeah, this is something that I can sip on because partly because I just like pickles. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's different strokes for different folks for sure. Yeah, um, but you brought a pickle hard seltzer that we were going to open, and I'm glad it's we not did. a hard seltzer. It's just it's a, no, it's just it's yeah. just a seltzer. Oh, there's no alcohol yeah. in it's that. It's just sparkling yeah. water. Yeah. I yeah. might have splashed a little on top of that michelada for a little. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Maybe if we were making it, we with settled the debate. Modello. I think. Well, you know, we we at I least don't think in, there was a we, we engaged in it. We, we 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 talked about it, but I I think we all kind of agreed that, you know, brewers, if you're out there and and you're doing your work, be proud of it, promote it, but don't get into some kind of like turf war with other or breweries. Dick measuring contests yeah, or anything. Where like I that. mean, you know, Hobbs and Shaw, they can do that shit, and <laughs> and because then eventually they get together and they they realize that teamwork is going to make them stronger. You, Rising you, tides raise all boats, man. right? You yes, you just exactly. need you need to jump to that resolution and and not go through the. Uh, the the tearing down each other blog posts. Yeah, that's that's uh, not going to make anybody look good. But seeing as how we had some differing opinions on Picklegate 2019, we need your take. We need your take to settle this once and for all. We came very divided on this one. Um, so please, you you ask everyone to send us beer, beer, and you say that we're going to send one to them. Yeah, I'm going to keep a can. Of the best made. Okay. In my fridge. I'm sorry. No, I won't even refrigerate it. If you, you send us a beer, I'm going to... Oh, that's our next trade. And if it's possible, we will also send you the pickle fucker. Mm-hmm. I will go out and buy a four pack, even though I would never do that. And just shouts so out to... That I could send you one. That provided uh, tonight. Yeah. Our, oh, yeah. Our boy Daniel. Big, big, huge, monumental ups to Daniel. Uh, 
friend of the show, though he probably does not listen. Uh, that's our boy. Um, he came through very clutch with the pickle fucker because we uh, we got oh, duped. We had one and yeah, we got duped. Um, someone's but, fiance so, drank it. Yes. Um, I'll let you, we'll let y'all figure out who that was. Uh, <laughs> if you have a differing opinion or you have an opinion, if you have engaged in the Picklegate debate of 2019, um, we would like to know where you stand on it. Which is better? Best made? Pickle fucker? Which one's better in a michelada? Let us know. And you can let us know on a, a wide variety of different social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer in a Movie. And you can find us, as always, Facebook.com slash Beer in a Movie TX. Beer in a Movie Podcast.com is the home base. You can find the link to listen to this episode and all other episodes. They are absolutely free at all times. Um, you can find a map to look at all of the different breweries we've tried from all across the country, and maybe that will extend internationally at some point. You never know. Uh, <laughs> I suspect. Uh, anyhow. We do drink um, a lot of American beers, don't we? we yes, we do. Um, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribing to our show helps you out, helps you stay abreast about new episodes, and helps you be the first to know when we drop one. Uh, please rate and review us. We know you're going to give us that five-star rating, but if you write a review, it lets us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future, and helps us program our upcoming content. Um, but other than that, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw, Rush Hour, Buddy Action Comedies good time at the movies pickle beers i don't know man <laughs> uh, you know it's been a been a whirlwind of an episode i'd say absolutely um but you know as always until next time fuck your pickles <laughs> what <laughs>